Good morning, folks. This is Dr. Dennis, the Wellness Doc, bringing you all things healthy for your mind, body, and soul. Welcome once again to my podcast entitled Comprehensive Health and Wellness. Let's get right to it. The topic of discussion today is how to stay focused and motivated as an athlete during this pandemic. Obviously, things have changed drastically, and I think that this topic truly is something that hundreds and thousands of athletes are thinking out there and want answers. So number one on the list is whatever your faith is, embrace it. Engulf yourself into it. So I'm a Christian. I read the Bible first thing in the morning. So this is what I'm suggesting. As soon as you wake up, Find several passages that you like, that you can relate to. Read them slowly. Read them out loud. Right after that, start to pray and meditate and ask God what you can do to optimize your performance as an athlete. And sometimes the answers come quickly and sometimes they don't. But that's number one on the list. And... I gave the example of Christian because I'm a Christian. Whatever your faith is, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Buddhist, whatever it is, that's number one on the list is to focus, to engulf yourself in your faith. Number two, I tell athletes this all the time, and I recommend this to the parents. It's very important to find at least one professional or Olympian, someone that is still performing at a high level now, competing at a high level, or has in the past where you can get video. Video is one of the most powerful means of learning for us as humans, and especially athletes, because we have this visual component where we can see something and then basically mimic and copy it so that we can optimize and get to the next level of our athletic performance. So in my case, and I'm just giving you examples here, please customize this for yourself. So the odds were completely against me to have a dream of being a professional ice hockey player when in fact I started ice skating at 17 years old. At that age, and I'm I'm letting parents know this too, there are a plethora of kids and sports and, you know, across the board that many are getting scouted at that age. Um, Many are uh, in prep schools where that can lead to, you know, a Division I scholarship and moving forwards with that, you're still not guaranteed to make it to the pros. So I didn't have any of that. I just had a dream. Uh, I started ice skating at where the World's Fair is in Flushing, New York. Uh, The rink's not there anymore. And I literally just started skating the entire public sessions, which were five hours, six hours. Um, And in short, during this process, though, I was studying the Russian 
hockey players, the Olympians, because they were actually professionals and they were the best in the world. For many years, they dominated the sport. And can you imagine if there was, um, if I had access to Google and, you know, the internet at that, at that time, but I didn't. So I read, I read articles, magazines, books, and that's how badly I wanted it. And I studied video and I was speaking to one of the moms at uh, LA fitness the other day and her daughter is a uh, swimmer. She's in uh, middle school and she asked me uh, a similar question. And I said, have your daughter find a top swimmer that she can relate to personality wise style, all of these things. So it needs to be very specific, like not just anybody. Um, anyway, and, uh, I said, have your daughter watch video of that person, uh, right before swimming and after swimming. And she said, well, my daughter watches video and I'm like, well, that's a good start. Let's fine tune this now. And so that's what I did is anytime I was getting on the ice and as I got better, I was able to play against uh, higher levels of competition. And of course I was nervous initially. And this is what I did is I would watch 10, 15 minutes of this, you know, best of the best optimal hockey players and I tried to mimic one of them, which at the time was uh, Slava Fetisov. And he was an animal. He was, I think he was 6'1", 230 pounds. That's huge for an ice hockey player. The guy can move. He was incredibly intelligent on the ice. And he was the best in the world at that time. So that's who my first um, role model that I watched was on the ice. And after that, it was, you know, Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. And each one of them had different skill sets and parts of which I could relate to. So in my instance, I had probably 10 professional athletes that I wanted to be like that had, you know, I took a little bit from you know, Mario Lemieux, a little bit from Wayne Gretzky, a little bit from Mark Messier, and I put it all together. And this took time. This wasn't, you know, a five minute thing. This was several years. So what I'm sharing is it's crucial to see the person that you would like to be or the athletes, several that have the skill sets that you want. And again, when I said embrace your faith, number one, same thing with this. You need to engulf yourself in this many times a day and even mimic their training methods. Nowadays with the internet, it's very easy to find out how these pro athletes are training and it's uh, sometimes you can even print out the exact program. So... That's number two on the list. Number three, write down your goals. I shared earlier that there is an awesome book called Slaying the Dragon by six-time gold medalist track and field star Michael Johnson. And he really spells out 
how to write the goals uh, step by step. And there are some incredible pictures from his career from uh, college to um, he was racing uh, professionally uh, in Europe and then the Olympics. Um, just phenomenal. And now he's an excellent business person. So this um, process takes time to sit down and either type it out or write it out, your short-term goals. I would say as an athlete, one to two weeks for that um, time period. And then for long-term goals, uh, we're looking at three to four weeks as an athlete. And these are going to develop and evolve and change often. So, and then once you have them written down or they're on your computer, um, if you write them down, and here's a little uh, tip that I learned because uh, I'm just such a science research uh, nerd that that covers all of health and wellness. Um, I read several several research studies speaking about how uh, about half of the population has difficulty um, re- sort of um, getting information into your brain when it's uh, black ink on white paper. And I'm one of those. So throughout my 14 years in uh, college, I bought many legal pads that were yellow using blue ink. And that's what the consensus was from uh, these multiple psychological studies. So um, throughout my various phases in my life uh, where I had nothing, uh, I was working as a bouncer, was living in a basement and literally had nothing and I would tape my goals onto the wall and it got to the point that I started uh it came to fruition uh school wise uh I would just as a hypothetical you know I will receive a 98 on my neurophysiology exam and I would come really close I'd either get a 99 or I'd get a 96 it's crazy how that works. And then simultaneously, I wanted to build a business. So I started, uh, I went to one ice skating rink and started teaching a learn to skate class and which was, you know, minimal, um, payment for that. However, you're sort of on display in the spotlight. Um, I love working with children. It's one of my passions. Um, and people saw that. So from just that one, uh, I guess it was one hour on a Saturday, uh, within several weeks I had, uh, 10 clients and then it private clients and then it just kept growing. So my point is when you truly immerse yourself in first thing, your faith, second, um, Uh, identifying an athlete that you would like to be like. And then thirdly, having these goals in front of you where you are seeing them many times a day. You know, I literally taped them onto the wall and it works. Um, I've heard of others taping their goals to the mirrors um, in the bathroom, in the bedroom. I mean, whatever 
wherever you can do it where it works for you, um, I, I'm telling you, it's a repetitive thing and it's about frequency. And that definitely parallels so many things in life. But especially now we're talking on the physical side where when it comes down to training, it is about frequency and intensity is actually second when we're talking about training for the rest of your life, not just for a one event. So even as a collegiate athlete, let's just use that as as an example, you have to perform for four years, minimal. So you can only run a sprint for so long, meaning you can only do high intensity for so long, which means you need to cycle your training And this is what I share with a lot of athletes is, uh, I spoke about this in, um, my last podcast about the, uh, principle of periodization. And that's exactly it. We are changing the variables every session, every training session, um, every week, every month, and you're cycling it. Some, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll be going at the super high intensity, Sometimes you're going at medium intensity and then others you're going at low intensity, but then your volume is higher. So there is, there are so many variables here, but, uh, that was in the other podcast and I just, I just wanted to touch on that. So with these three steps so far, if you were just to follow those alone, you would get incredible results, but I have two more to share. The other thing that works uh, incredibly is to develop your team. So this could be one person, five, 10. So literally like-minded athletes who are at the same level of intensity that you are the same, um, the same level of having dreams, so similar dreams. I'm sorry, but here's the truth. Humans get jealous very quickly, and especially when it comes to physical abilities and sports, um, sometimes the ugly comes out, and I truly never understood that because I didn't have a lot of talent. I was like, you know, I'm sorry, I was like Rocky, I was like the underdog. And yet I immersed myself in finding the best of the best. And I went, wow, Mike is very good on his outside edges. Joe has a slap shot that goes, you know, 400 miles an hour. Um, uh, Who was it? I had another guy, Steve. Steve is just the speed from point A to point B. You know, this, this is what I'm trying to share is when you put it all together You truly now become the athlete that you want to be. And when you have teammates or friends or acquaintances that have similar goals, you then can brainstorm. You then can support each other, encourage each other, because there's always going to be days where you're not going to want to train. But when you have a team together, you are all looking out for each other. Like I heard, I think it was the 1996 Olympics women's gymnastics. I think they won 16 gold medals. 
And what I read was during practice, they they were um, they were beating world records. So that became the norm in practice to go for world records and then to beat them. So it, it makes sense that these young ladies just dominated gymnastics that year because all of the practice, they got to see that it was, they had the capability and they had the ability to achieve world records and then to beat them, which to this day truly, um, inspires me just speaking about it right now. So that's number four on the list. And then number five is spending time visualizing. So you already have the goals written down to visualize seeing yourself perform at the level that you want to. And then the second part of this is creating events, competitions in your brain that are coming up. So I I was also sharing this with the um, mom that has the uh, daughter who's a swimmer. And I said, you need to make your practice sessions. You can do like four practice sessions, but then the fifth one, we're going to make that the competition. And you really want to simulate it as close as you can. So, uh, for my friend, uh, Cabrina, let's just say, you know, on day five, you know, you've been training for four days. So day five, you make it a race. And what would even be, uh, it would be icing on the cake is to get a few others also compete in that race. So now in essence, this is now a mini event. This is a mini competition. So if you all are already competitive and you all are coming together for a similar goal, then the probability of success is going to be elevated, accelerated, and amplified. Now, you may have to do this for the next several months. You know, with COVID, we don't know. But if I was still competing in ice hockey, this is what I would be doing. And I also read about another gentleman. I think that he was in the military and he had a dream of becoming a professional golfer. And unfortunately... He became a prisoner of war and, uh, forgive me folks. I forgot where it was. I'm not sure if it was, uh, Korea or somewhere in the Asian countries, but in his brain, he played nine rounds of golf every day. I mean, talk about an incredible mind and, I guess the story ended up that when he got back to the States, it didn't take him very long to get back to the level that he was at. And, uh, I think that he was able to compete at a high level and place, place highly in the, uh, golfing tournament. 
I mean, that's just an awesome, again, I'm getting inspired and I don't even like golf. Um, but from just thinking of that, so the mind is very powerful and I know you all know that. And this is why I have created this podcast because it's all three, right? It's mind, body, and soul. They're all connected mentally, emotionally, physically. And this parallels with our faith and what's in the Bible. How many times do we see, you know, the body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. So we need to take care of it. Emotionally, we need to honestly avoid people that are toxic to us, toxic situations. And our mind, we need to know that God is for us and he is working behind the scenes to always help us to bring out the best, optimize our performance in life and as human beings. So we mentally, we can then combat anxiety and depression because God is the only one that can provide us with the peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. It is supernatural and the three-in-one God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. So our team is number one and will always be number one. And when you start to envision it in that way where when you're going through hell, that God is holding you by your right hand. And so I've admitted, I've, I've revealed this several times. I have PTSD and I met an amazing woman four and a half years ago. I was planning on marrying her and I found out that she had trauma in her past and the two of us together, um, The love was probably the highest that I ever had in my life, but the dysfunction uh, equaled that. And with tremendous uh, Christian counseling, with um, specific uh, specialization in trauma, uh, we were able to see that um, we had to dissolve it and... What I'm trying to say is from a mental, emotional standpoint, um, I was at one of the lowest in my life, in my life. And I know that because I put the time in and I found the right person, but more than that, I released all of the anxiety, the press, the depression, the fear, the hurts, everything released it to God. And I asked for peace, peace of mind. And it is so powerful. And even speaking about it right now, I feel just a calming support. And through all of this, And I did mention the uh, EMDR therapy, the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy is, is one of the number one holistic interventions for PTSD and trauma. 
and it also can, the research has shown that it also helps with anxiety and depression and many other issues that we have as humans. Um, so I'm not going to, um, spend too much time on that, but I wanted to mention it. So it's that peace of mind that enables us to move forward. And during this process, yes, when I'm having challenging times, I, I literally envision Jesus like, when, when I was going through my therapy, I envisioned him as like this giant, you know, like, I don't know how huge, just gigantic, but I envision him holding my right hand and it says it over and over and over in the Bible, holding my right hand and, and seeing him leading me through side by side, through all of these, um, negative, uh, hurtful, painful, challenging circumstances. But here's the, you know, the converse side of that is that he's also with us during the great times, during the pleasant times, during, you know, when we're in love and he gives us the passion and the dreams that we have for a reason. They are not just there, uh, to, just be there. We have, we all have a purpose to do his will. And part of that sometimes is we have the ability to have dreams of, uh, being a high level athlete. And I'm thankful. Um, it was a very short career, but to have that dream first to, uh, be an Olympian and then from that to be a professional and then actually make it there. Um, it changed the course of my life and it gave me that fire, that fire that at 55, I still have it folks big time. I'm not done yet. Constantly fine tuning. And that fire leads into being, into developing that passion And for me, my passion is to provide hope, inspiration, encouragement, support, and providing specialized knowledge so that all can optimize their levels of performance in their lives. We all need support and we all need encouragement. I don't care how successful you are or how many titles you have. But we all need this. And the great news, and and I truly, you know, the whole uh, visualization component, little baby Jesus came down here to save us. A baby. He came to save us. And as a father, I, I, I'm not a father, but to envision to have your only son coming down to earth to sacrifice his life for everyone else's sins, for what they've done, for the bad things that they are, to give us freedom. That love, it is an unfathomable love. It's inconceivable what that is. But I'm telling you all, 
that when you start to break those chains in your brain, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish. And I am proof of that. I have been underestimated my entire life. I have been judged for how I look, how I speak. And I've been judged on sharing that I have PTSD and people didn't hear me. What I was trying to share is that it is a success story. It is a testimony. And part of this, a huge component of this is me engaging in everything that I'm sharing with you all out there, is immersing myself and truly giving it 100%, and it is several times a day at times, sometimes I'm having a rough day, so you know what, I am able to read the Bible, I am able and I am promoting K-Love, Contemporary Radio Station, and Air One, Because you can call in and speak with someone and they will pray for you and they'll pray with you and it's very customized. And sometimes in the past, I've had to call several times a day when, you know, after the breakup, because this was a woman that I was going to marry and it was like a death and a divorce and I'd never been divorced, but it was two at once. And the sadness and the pain and the hurt was monumental. And it took many years to heal. And I thank God every day because I am healing. And I have had tremendous counselors that are Christian-based and have these specializations that I mentioned. And I still do to this day because it is an ongoing process to heal. And if we all admitted that, we would move forward at accelerated rates. And there's a song, oh, I, I used to know the artist, uh, pretty pretty recent song, and I've heard it on K-Love Radio, and he talks about how we all, you know, when you ask somebody, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And you know what I found, folks? The more that people say fine and the more that they repeat it, it's the complete opposite. And I did also hear um, Mr. Uh, Tarin Wells, who um, is an incredible performer and Christian singer. And now, and also, I got to see him on Joel Osteen. And man, that guy can deliver some awesome. Um, some awesome uh, Christian uh, sermons. Phenomenal. And now he has a podcast and it's entitled The High Note. And I listened to one um, uh, one already and it's so motivating. And what I loved what he said is, you know, we as Christians have sort of transformed into this, uh, I'm sorry, but this fake, this uh, facade of you know, everything's fine, and, you know, because we're Christian, you know, oh, we're all okay, and it's the complete opposite, you know, we need help, um, I had the opportunity of working with several pastors when I was out in California, and guess what, uh, the majority of them were still receiving counseling, because their jobs are highly stressful, 
And there's nothing wrong with that, folks, you know, and, and I always come back to this, but if the statistics and the research is saying seven to eight out of 10 people are struggling with anxiety and depression, that was, you know, before COVID, where are we at now? So in essence, the majority of people do need specialized counseling. And I'm going to keep saying this, that it will change your life. And again, whatever your religion is, find a counselor who has that component, you know, that's religion based for you because it will make a difference in the rest of your life. So I am here for you all. And I hope that this was helpful. And I know that you athletes out there that are struggling right now, just remember this other, uh, pretty wise saying that I I did hear from Joel Osteen. We go through seasons. It's not forever. It's temporary. So in our minds, this is time to develop and get even stronger. And Mr. Eric Thomas said the same thing on the YouTube video, Sacrifice, which is, I watch it every day and it motivates me. And he said, pain is temporary. It may be, it may last for a week. It may last for a month. It may even last for a year, but eventually it will subside and it will be replaced with something incredible so that you can move forward in your lives. This is Dr. Dennis. I wish you all an awesome weekend and a Merry Christmas because it's coming up quick. And let's remember what the meaning of Christmas is. The birth of Jesus Christ, who was born, a baby, a little baby, was born to save us all and set us free. No limitations. You can achieve anything you put your mind to. God bless. Have a nice weekend.